We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Hard news. That's what today's podcast is. Oh, we're starting hard, out with that serious tone. Hard, hard news. Okay. <laughs> What's going uh, on? What's happening? He's he's Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. We're officially in the dead period of the NFL calendar, save for the upcoming. Uh, schedule release uh, coming out Thursday. We're recording this Monday. Uh, schedule release will happen Thursday. We'll have a live reaction pod. We won't, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but but we'll we'll definitely do a podcast where we talk about the schedule. Uh, but Chris, I I today we're gonna talk about the George Kittle contract situation because there's a lot of different hoops that I think the Niners are going to have to jump through to to make sure George Kittle is is extended going into this year. But I want to get to first the big news from the week. The big the biggest news of the week. Perhaps the Some largest might argue. news. Yeah. 
I I think so. Um, Kendrick Bourne guaranteed a 49ers Super Bowl win on Twitter. So I don't know why the NFL is releasing the schedule if the the winner of the Super Bowl has already been decided. Yeah, that is uh, that is pretty big news, <laughs> particularly for Kendrick Bourne, who yeah. is normally pretty quiet on social media. Yeah, very not very yeah. active on on any of the uh, the accounts. Yeah. Um, so for him to be so brash as to do something like that is way out of character. Yeah, big time. Uh, he said he said in response to a photo of him and Quan Alexander post workout. In getting there right, for real, for real, at NFL, be ready. We gonna win the Super Bowl. You heard it here first, and then a couple different emojis. So Kendrick Bourne not adversely impacted by by the loss in Super Bowl Fifty Four. I don't know if is that the first place you've heard that prediction. From from a Forty Nine ers player, it's the first place I've seen it. Okay, because I yeah I mean I've seen people suggest the idea that the Niners could get back and win it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think we've talked about it even. Before. We've had we've had some people call in to our our radio show and and text because I I work at a radio station out here in San Francisco, and we've had listeners just like declaring like Niners Chiefs again, like mark it down. It's like okay, it's <laughs> not really how the NFL works, but <laughs> right. When's so. the last time we've had two teams get back and have a rematch in the Super Bowl from the year before? Did do we have to Bills go all the way Cowboys back to the '90s and Cowboys Bills? I think yeah, I think so. Okay. The good news, the good—I I don't want to dive into this whole thing because we have a whole offseason to break it down. But the the good news for the 49ers is that they like the Rams lost the Super Bowl, and it was just like holy shit, shut it down. What's wrong with the Rams? Like they scored three points, they looked horrible. Uh, the Niners, it was like they're one or two plays away. And they have largely the same roster coming back. And I mean, the path is there. It's not how football works that you can just throw the same team out there and have the same success. But if you're just projecting long term, that's that's a that's good news for the 49ers trying to trying to bounce back in a way. Not a lot of teams usually do. Kendrick Bourne, very confident they're going to do it, though. Good for him. You can read all about it. I wrote 500 words about that tweet over at NinersWire.com. <laughs> Let's go. Um. I was being, yeah. just, just so the listeners clear, I was being uh, facetious when mentioning how quiet Kendrick Bourne is on social media. Yes. He's one of the most active, not not only players, but just people in general. So if you're in for that if that level of content, uh, go follow Kendrick Bourne on, on Instagram and, and Twitter. And for, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I know for me, uh, if you'd like to feel very broke... Follow Kendrick Bourne on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get to let's get to what we're actually going to talk about today: the George Kittle contract discussion situation that's just kind of been hanging over. I think a little bit of everything the Niners have done this offseason. John Lynch went on ninety-five-seven The Game in San Francisco. It's a great radio station, the Bay's number one station, uh, number one sports station, I should say. Uh, went on there and said that they're gonna basically give not give Kittle a blank check but they're ready to reset the tight end market uh, Austin Hooper signed a shoot I closed my tab with this contract. four years 44 million a four-year 44 million dollar contract with the Browns 
Uh, Kittle is certainly going to surpass that number. Uh, so I guess let's start there. Let's let's start the discussion there. Chris, what do you think the terms of his deal are going to look like knowing that Hooper got four years, 44 and 23 guaranteed, I think? Yeah, so I look at the, the Kittle thing like, Let's let's take a step back and and go back to the decision to trade DeForest Buckner, right? Yeah. So in essence, you trade DeForest Buckner because you don't do not think it is worthwhile when you have so many other good players on your team that eventually need contracts. Um, it's not the best investment to pay over twenty million dollars a year to a defensive tackle when you already have a quarterback on a on a big contract, and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make. You know, roughly $27, $28 million um, over the foreseeable future while he's still on the team. Uh, so the 49ers are to the point now with all the big contracts that they've given out to D. Ford, to Quan Alexander, who got restructured in November, uh, Weston Richburg, Eric Armstead, Richard Sherman's making a decent amount of money. I know that's not, uh, I know he's entering the last year of his deal, but that's still a significant contract. You're paying Trent Williams $12.5 million, and you're probably going to try to re-sign him to a deal that could be atop the market at left tackle, which isn't going to be cheap. Right. So giving all that money to DeForest Buckner doesn't make a whole lot of sense in that context because you risk losing him and you risk being unable to sign, you know, bring back Jimmy Ward and Ronald Blair potentially. Um, Eric and Armstead. So, and Eric Armstead, of course. So and, and keeping all of those, it's like it's it's balancing short and long term too. Right, right. And there are ways you can do it. You can manipulate the numbers to where um you could shrink cap figures. Like Eric Armstead, you know, he made a ton of money up front guaranteed. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but he's only gonna cost six million dollars against a cap in twenty twenty because of just the way things were structured. Right. Uh, so you can get creative with this. So the 49ers have something around seven million in cap space going into next season, which isn't a huge deal because they have basically everybody they're going to have under contract. So Kittle, George Kittle is under contract through 2020. That's the last year of his rookie deal. This offseason is the first time he's eligible to negotiate with the team uh, and get a contract extension. And as Matt Barrows has reported, our friend from The Athletic, uh, Kittle has been participating in the virtual offseason program. So it doesn't seem like there's a holdout, but holding out in the context of a virtual meeting um, right sounds silly you you know you hold out because you don't want to get hurt at practice nobody's you know i i wouldn't i wouldn't expect george kittle get hurt during a a zoom conference but anyway so looking at george kittle's value this is this is the important part of the discussion right tight ends generally don't get paid all that much hooper's 11 million dollars per year it's the most in the league for any tight end right so in contrast, receivers like Julio Jones makes $22 million a year. He signed an extension uh, at, I want to say, September 2018, three years, $66 million. Uh, Amari Cooper this offseason signed for five years and $100 million. That's $20 million a year. Michael Thomas, uh, over the summer, I think it was five years, $96.25 million. Um, AJ Green makes 18 million. Tyree Kill makes 18 million. Odell Beckham makes 18 million. Mike Evans right. makes 16.5 million. These are all upper echelon receivers, including some of the best in the league, right? Um, in terms of their value, so I wrote about this today for the Sacramento Bee. Like, George Kittle 
isn't going to reset the tight end mark. Like he's going to completely shatter what tight ends get right. because of the value he brings to the 49ers offense. And right. Austin Hooper is not his ceiling. Right, right. George Kittle is a much better player than Austin Hooper. Um, and so the reason why I bring up receivers is because I believe that's how George Kittle should be valued. Um, he should be in that echelon of making 15, 16, 17, 18 million dollars a year uh, because he's that valuable to the 49ers offense despite playing a tight despite playing tight end. And there there are some numbers why. I mean, qualitatively, you look at the 49ers and say, well, they're a run first team and they're really good uh, running the ball and doing, you know, working off play action and, and everything like that. Well, a lot of that is because of how good George Kittle is as a blocker in those outside zone running schemes. And a number of his biggest plays come on play action um, where he's basically wide open as a product of the scheme. So the reason why George Kittle can get so wide open is because the 49ers do run the ball effectively. And Kittle is a huge part of that too, right? So the last two seasons this year, 2019, George Kittle led the NFL in yards per route run. And this is according to Pro Football Focus. And it wasn't particularly close either. Kittle didn't have the 1,377-yard season that he had in 2018 when he set the record uh, for receiving yards by a tight end in a single season. But Kittle still had over 1,000 yards. Um, And I think, just real quick, uh, yards per route run basically measures efficiency. So, like, it takes passing volume out of it. And it's like per route you went out, how many yards did you get? So that right. way it takes it, it doesn't penalize Kittle for being in a non uh, pass heavy offense. Continue. Right, exactly. So in terms of the the efficiency, like the the, right. the amount of yardage Kittle got per times that he ran out and and ran a route in the passing game was three point one two yards per route run. All right, Michael Thomas, who had seventeen hundred twenty five yards. Uh, 149 catches, he averaged 2.88 yards per route run. So Kittle was a more efficient player. Of course, Thomas had the more had more counting stats because he nearly doubled up Kittle in total receptions, hmm. and he also um, nearly doubled him up in routes run. So the reason that that's a discrepancy there. The point being is that Kittle is as Kittle is as important in the passing game to the 49ers as any other receiver is in the NFL on top of, you know, what he brings as a blocker on top of the fact that he plays through a ton of injuries. He's a team captain. He's a leader. He's the face of the franchise essentially now. Um, So I'm expecting George Kittle to get a completely monstrous contract whenever it comes down. And I don't know when it's going to come down. And there, there are some extenuating factors, obviously um, that play into that, but Looking at it today and, and going through the numbers and looking at, you know, what George Kittle could get, like, Kyle, you you tell me, like, would you think it's crazy if the Niners gave George Kittle um, the same contract that Eric Armstead got? Like, if you gave Kittle five years, $85 million, it would completely obliterate any sort of record for a, a, tight, end, a tight end contract. Right. But to me, I think that's ultimately where the 49ers are going to land because of some of these numbers, the yards per route run, whatever, um, and what he means to the offense. I think there's a congruence there. That's a big word, but there's a congruence there between Kittle's value to the 49ers 
and Julio Jones's value to the Falcons offense and Michael Thomas to the Saints. What do you think? Give me a second. I'm looking up congruence. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, I I think that's right. So five and 65 would put five and 85, excuse me, puts him at 17 a year. If my math is right, which puts him just below the Tyreek Hill, Odell Beckham and, and right above Mike Evans. And that seems right to me. Just given what he does as a pass catcher alone, like if you take out the blocking aspect of it, it's like, yeah, that's probably about what he's worth. Uh, And and then you add in all the things he can do in the run game and all the things he allows them to do because he is such a threat as a as a receiver and such a dominant run blocker. Go go watch like go watch the the divisional game this year against the the divisional playoff game this year against the Vikings. And just watch what George Kittle does to a guy like Everson Griffin, who's a really good defensive end, and he handles him one-on-one. Like, there's not many tight ends who can do that who are also going to be uh, elite in the receiving department. So $17 million, I, I, that's a ton for a tight end. But when you talk about all the things Kittle can do and all the things he does at an elite level, it almost feels like an underpay. <laughs> it... it I'd ra- I would so much rather have George Kittle for seventeen million than Amari Cooper for twenty. Right, and, it's and that was not a question. Close. Yeah, that was the question I asked. Like, like, I was looking at these receiver contracts, and like, man, you know, some people who I presume would think, all right, Kittle's going to reset the tight end market and sign for thirteen million dollars a year. <laughs> if the, right, if, like, if, you know who, you know what receivers happens, are getting thirteen million dollars a year, like. T.Y. Hilton and Alshon Jeffrey. I would be floored if he signed for $13 million. Right, and I would too. And and the thing is, too, I think scarcity is is a pretty big factor here too, right? Because you have, you know, you have every team has five or six receivers. And you, you know, you rotate through four or five a game. The The Niners last year only really rotated with three. But... You know, like if you have a dominant tight end, that guy's on the field for 90% of the snaps. There, there's not a whole lot of rotating going on. So you have one tight end, um, maybe two, but like, so that position, the fact that there's only going to be one tight end out there for the majority of the time, I mean, that makes it worth it to me. Like, I would rather have a bunch of cheaper receivers that fit your scheme and a dominant tight end than maybe trying to thread the needle with one elite receiver and then, like, you know, the Falcons couldn't keep Austin Hooper, partly because they're paying Julio Jones yeah. $22 million a year, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, so if you look at the way the 49ers are constructed and how valuable Kittle is, I just think, I, I think it's totally justified to pay him $16, $17 million a year. And let's, like, I, I think, we, you know, we can we can ask Niner fans on Twitter or whatever, like, who would you rather have at $17 million, George Kittle or Eric Armstead? And I, I think I, a I massive, is, yeah. I think a massive percentage of people would say Kittle is the more important player to the team and more worthy of that contract because everything he embodies. Armstead just happens to play a position that, over the years, has gotten paid significantly more than tight ends, and, and for whatever reason, maybe there just hasn't been enough good tight ends. Um, that's it. That's that's it right there. There's you can't have. I mean, I get there's been Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Gates. Like, there's been a handful of these guys who have been really, really good. But 
George Kittle is like in the 49ers offense, which matters here. Like the the tight end label doesn't matter that much. Like right. because he does so many other things. The traditional big-bodied tight end who's just going to run to the middle of the field and box somebody out and make the catch and then go down like that that goes out the window because of what he can do after the catch and all the different things he can do for them lining up at different spots as a pass catcher what he does as a blocker the traditional tight end label just has to go out the window which is why it becomes not insane to pay him 17 or 18 million a year yeah and the interesting thing too and this goes to like a broader discussion you hear on any any other like, you know, mainstream NFL podcast, whether it's the Ringer or PFF. There's always a, a discussion about um, the value of a good running game, right? And so Kyle Shanahan fancies himself, or everybody else calls him an innovator, right? And part of his innovation is the fact that the 49ers were the second most run heavy team in the NFL last season. Uh, and the other was also one of the best teams in the league, the Baltimore Ravens, um, who did a ton of quarterback runs with with uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously. And so as much as everybody is so eager to say, you know, the passing game is so much more valuable than the running game, I, I certainly agree with that. But when you build the success of your passing game around the success of your running game, which is what the 49ers have done, that's significantly different. And the guy who allows you to do that is George Kittle because right. you can run behind him four times in a row and then you could call play action and it'll burn the defense for a 70-yard touchdown. Um, and it's similar to, to what Vernon Davis brought the 49ers from a dynamic standpoint like earlier this decade when in 2012 and 2013 Vernon Davis was so important because the 49ers, sort of like right now, although their their receiving core right now is much better than back then, but um, back then they didn't really have. They had Michael Crabtree. I remember the, my first year covering the team was 2013, so Michael Crabtree was coming off the uh, the Achilles tear, and they had Anquan Bolden. But really, like the the Niners' offense was so reliant on Vernon Davis because he was a really good blocker at the time, and he also had really unique speed for the tight end. At the tight end position, and that's that's a similar dynamic that Kittle brings. Only the offense looks completely different. Um, anyway, that's that's a tangent. But the the yeah. point being is like, while the rest of the league is mostly devaluing the running game, Kyle Shanahan is making it a priority, but doing it away in a way that is innovative because he relies so heavily on play action. Right. right, and the most right. innovative teams are the ones that are using play action the most often, like the Chiefs, the Cowboys. Um, well, the Cowboys weren't innovative under under uh, under Jason Garrett, but they were effective because they used play action because they had Ezekiel Elliott, a really good offensive line, and a good running game. Um, and so that's sort of the way Kyle Shanahan is zigging while everyone else is zagging, and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see. George Kittle get paid because of that, because of the way Shanahan looks at the running game and how it creates for the passing game, rather than being like this sort of, you know, ball control, smash mouth, defense first. There are elements of that to to Shanahan's game plans, but like they don't want they want Jimmy Garoppolo to be able to win games with his arm, um, and they don't want to just be a running team. But George Kittle sort of unlocks everything that they want to do, and I think it's it's worth paying him. Yeah, I, 
<clears throat> I I th- that's that's right. It, it's one of those things where I I understand why they didn't want to pay DeForest Buckner because of the value and the position that he plays and and how you how the e not the ease but for lack of a better word the ease with which they can find production at that spot for much much cheaper right javon kinlaw's contract is 16 percent of buckner's right and if he's 50 percent of the player that's value for the 49ers right right but with kittle yeah you can plug ross dwelly in and have him start but it's not the same like Kittle unlocks the Niners offense in a way that is unique to his skill set. Like I don't even think a player like Travis Kelsey can step in and do a lot of the stuff that Kittle doesn't. And Kelsey's a great Not player. Uh, huh? Can't block like Kittle. Right, exactly. So I, I that's no disrespect to Travis Kelsey. He's an incredible player, but like Kittle is just such a unique talent. And if you're not going to pay George Kittle on this offense, who are you paying? Right. If the money's going somewhere, where is it going? Because if if they're letting Kittle walk, or if they're not gonna pay him, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So, it's so yeah, it, it's not interesting. that they're in danger of not paying him. They're they're gonna better. pay him. John Lynch right. said they're just trying to find the sweet spot, and I think. Kittle's camp is correctly reading everything, re- like reading the room and being like, "No, nah, we'll we'll wait, we'll wait till you get to you know Eric Armstead's contract because you know yeah, Kittle. Why would you not? <laughs> right, K- Kittle's an all. Kittle is a first team on the table and see what happens. Right, so Kittle set the record for his position in yardage, um, right. and then the next year was a first team All Pro and was even more efficient from you know a yards per route run standpoint, right? Um, so like Eric Armstead had one good year, right? Like he showed, he showed flashes, but he's, he's had durability issues and that's not to say he's not worth the contract, but if you're, you know, if you're looking at the way this team has been constructed and how this team has been successful on offense, you have to pay George Kittle. Um, so I think that's interesting. One other thing I do want to point out is like, there's one of these guys now that needs to get paid for the next three off seasons. So this year it's Kittle. Next off season it's going to be Fred Warner. It's going to be the first time he's eligible for a new deal. Um, and then after that it's Nick Bosa, who after year three will be eligible for a new contract. Um, so this explains, you know, like if Nick Bosa might be a twenty million dollar a year player, uh, Fred Warner might be 13, 14, 15 million a year. George Kittle might be in, you know, we've talked about it, 15, 16, 17, whatever. So, like, these are the reasons why you move on from DeForest Buckner, because at some point you just can't afford to pay everybody. Um, and you want to pay guys that you draft who go about building their careers the right way, developing into really good players to set a precedent to every guy that you bring in and say, hey, we're going to we're going to pay you if you play well and and we'll make that a priority and and people will obviously say like well they didn't do that with Buckner well with Buckner they did do him a favor sent him to a good organization and got him a contract at the very tippy top of the market so it's not like they they traded Buckner to Siberia and he's playing you know for the Buffalo Bills on a on the last year of his rookie deal or whatever like he right. got his money so they they did do well by Buckner from that standpoint. Yeah, 
Yeah, they did, and I, I, I really don't think it's going to be an issue with Kittle. But let's take a quick break, and when we get back from the break, I have a potential hang-up with the George Kittle contract. Okay. Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Chew it and do it. <laughs> Do you think George Kittle's injury history is playing into this at all? And I say that because he dealt with injuries his rookie year, Mm -hmm. but played through them. He tore his labrum in his second season, still has not had surgery on it, and then missed a couple games last year with knee and ankle injuries and played out the season on a bum ankle is it one of those things where the Niners are like, hey, this guy's indestructible and he's going to play through anything so it doesn't matter? Or do you think they're going, hey, you have this labrum that needs to be surgically repaired that you haven't gotten surgery on yet. Uh, you, the, he plays such a physical brand of football, both in the trenches and after he catches the ball. Like, he seeks contact. He's, he's right. not a guy who who is out there looking out for his own well-being. He's trying to win football games. And I think that's part of the appeal of him as a player. In fact, it is the appeal with him as a player. But I I, I, I wonder if it's something, if his representation is saying, we want Amari Cooper money, $20 million a season. I would understand why the Niners would pump the brakes on that for, for all the reasons I just listed. Yeah, and that's fair. And then Kittle would... Uh, Kittle would argue that he's missed just what three games in his career. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm always reminded when I, whenever Kittle's injury history comes up, I'm always I have a uh, I have a story that I uh, a link that I saved from it's just a random like injury blog from from our good buddy Eric Branch at the Chronicle who is all Love over all over all of the injury news. If you uh if you have a question about knee tendonitis, I suggest you go follow Eric Branch. Especially knee tendonitis among undrafted NFC West offensive linemen. <laughs> um but this is a this is a uh a, a, these are, this is two sentences from a random Eric Blanch, Eric Branch blog post. Um, <laughs> hey hey real quick, can this be a segment? <laughs> branch blog post and read a couple sentences yeah that that's actually not a bad idea uh shout out to branch love branch um so last year kittle played the final seven games with fractured rib cartilage so this was during uh the 2018 season 
he played through a rib injury. As a rookie, he missed just one game despite appearing on the injury report with issues with his ankle, back, calf, chest, elbow, hamstring, and hip. So this was, uh, let's see, the date on this blog post is November 5th, 2019. So this was in November. Um, this had this was right after the Cardinals game when he got hurt in Arizona on Halloween. Um, so Kittle has played through injuries. The wear and tear is obviously an issue, but it is why I think it's, it's sort of like speeds up the immediacy if you're Kittle of getting this deal done. Um, you're not really in a position to say... All right, I'm not going to sign a long-term deal because I want to hit the open market and see what um, see what the market dictates, like a quarterback would do, who's about to get you know 40 million dollars a year, whatever the market rate is for that for a quarterback in that particular offseason. The tight end isn't the same thing, and that could be a reason why tight ends don't get paid nearly as much typically as as some other positions. So I think that's that's the motivation for Kittle to get the deal done. The fact that he's dealt with so many injuries and he needs some long-term security and the 49ers could argue like, yeah, that's why we don't really want to pay you all that much. But it's like, you know, there, there are worse, there are worse problems you could have than overpaying George Kittle, like 12, $13 million a year or like, sorry, three or $4 million a year. You know, the difference between like 12 and 16 or whatever. Right. Like if, right. if Kittle's locked down as your face of the franchise misses time because injury, you're not revisionist history isn't going to be like, oh, we, sh- we paid him three million dollars too much. It's like, no, you just get rid of one of your bad contracts, one of your actually bad contracts to, you know, to a guy who hasn't given you everything that Kittle has given you. Right. right. So like there are other contracts and we meant we've talked about it a lot, like the guys Michael Lombardi tweeted about who the 49ers were discussing in potential trade scenarios leading up to the draft. Jaquaski Tart, D Ford, uh, Quan Alexander, and Matt Breida, who en- who did end up getting dealt, and as did Marquise Goodwin, who's also had obviously his fair share of injury issues. Um like you can get rid of those contracts and keeping Kittle doesn't look like a bad decision. You know, like if 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 right. you no don't, if no you're the organization that the 49ers doesn't, for paying George freaking Kittle, right, right, exactly. Yeah. So, if it like I, I understand why, you know, there why this is going to take time, and and we will touch on that in a second here. But, um, yeah, the injury issue factors in, but I, but I still think like George Kittle is important enough over these next three seasons while the 49ers want to win a Super Bowl, that like, hey, yeah, like he's he has an injury history, but you know what? Let's overpay him. You know who else had an injury history who was really, really important to all their Super Bowl runs was Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. So like maximize George Kittle while you got him. Overpay him if you need yes. to, in my opinion. And if you have bad money on the books elsewhere, get rid of that money to make sure you keep the face of your franchise. Right. Yeah, yeah, it, go, it all it all goes back to if you're not paying George Kittle, who are you paying? Right. And I if if the injury thing I brought up is is a thing, it might be the difference between eighteen and seventeen million a year. Right. I, I don't think it's going to be <laughs> a major hang up in in the negotiations. Or it's I, about I, structure, right? Like how is yeah, um, you know, what do these bonuses look like? When do they get them? Uh, whatever. Um, but there, there's another important discussion to be had around just money overall with, with the league. And um, Albert Breer wrote about it in his piece for uh, Monday Morning Quarterback today. We're recording this Monday night. Um, 
basically saying he's talked to people in the league who estimate that if the NFL has games in empty stadiums with no fans there, that it could cost roughly $100 million per team in revenue, which multiply by 32 teams, that's $3.2 billion, right? Um, The implication that could have potentially uh, $3.2 billion, that that could impact, uh, I think Breer's calculation was... it could negatively impact each team's salary cap spending or salary cap allotment for 2021 uh, by 48 million per team. So, it, Breer also mentioned there's there's a system in place where the where the league could essentially smooth that rapid decline over four years by dipping into some future savings the league has made. To make up for that revenue, basically how it works is there's there's a total revenue after each season. Uh, it's split. The new CBA I think is 48% for the players, so that 48% is how of of revenue is how they allocate the salary cap each year. So as revenue grows, the salary cap grows, um, and it's grown like 10 million dollars a year by clockwork, basically. Um, but without and it's a real possibility that there are going to be games this season without fans, and we don't know. I, Obviously, that you know, if if that were to happen, um, I mean, we just don't know. Nobody nobody has any real idea of what things are going to look like come September or even August when teams are you know scheduled to start training camp. But if there's a situation, the point being, if there's a situation where the league loses massive amounts of money because of the coronavirus and having empty stadiums during games and the new TV deal they're about to sign doesn't make up for it, which it might not, um, then you're talking about each team having significantly less salary cap space uh, than projected. So I don't know exactly how all that's going to go. Nobody does. But it's something to think about, too, when we look and say, hey, the 49ers have $49 million in projected cap space for 2021. Well, right. that's assuming we get the normal bump that we're supposed to get. If there's a massive decline, the 49ers might have you know, $20 million in cap space instead of 49. And then all of a sudden you're having a really hard time keeping guys, keeping guys around. You're going to have a basically impossible time keeping Quan Alexander and D Ford, essentially. If, if you do end up giving George Kittle, the kind of contract we're talking about. Um, Do you think that's something they're realistically waiting on to see if they can, yeah, I mean, I kind of kick that can down the road as far as possible. Yeah, I think so, because look, like, by the time... I mean, Kittle can sign a contract any time, right? He can right. There, he can sign it tomorrow. He could sign it um, the day after the, the 2020 season ends, whenever that is. Like, there's no rush, so it makes sense for this thing to play out as more information comes, because... You know, like if you're the Niners and, you, and George Kittle's reps want $17, $18 million a year... And you have no idea if you're going to play games next season in front of fans and you're looking at a potential $100 million cap or, sorry, revenue hit, then, like, it would be wise to figure out if you're going to have that revenue hit before giving George Kittle that contract. Just from a pure business perspective, you need to know those things Um, because, you know, you're a business trying to operate intelligently. So this Kittle thing might not happen for a long time and it wouldn't surprise me at all if it didn't happen until there was any sort of clarity 
on what the season's going to look like from a financial perspective. Um, so that's an entirely different thing. And, and I don't really have a whole lot more to offer on that because frankly, it's all speculative. Right. And something like, to, definitely nobody something knows. To keep an eye on though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be, that's going to be a factor for sure. Yeah. Which is why it's important that everybody, uh, I mean, if you love football, you should probably stay inside. Yeah, definitely stay inside. It's what I'm doing, except for when I have to go to work. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very essential. Yeah. Um, you are. Thank you, man. So You're essential to this podcast, Kyle. I want you to know that. That's our, that's our, meh, uh, <laughs> I'll keep going with that ruse. That's fine. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's it for our hard news podcast. And what's funny is there wasn't really any hard news. So there was just a big George Kittle thing to, to talk about. You heard it here first. Yeah. Niners are going to win the Super Bowl per Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> uh, hey, do we want to do we want to talk about the thing we're going to start rolling out soon? Yeah. So coming up, I think we've mentioned it on the pod before, but we're we are going to do. I don't do... think we have. I think this is a, a reveal. I think we I think I mentioned it before. Mm. Act surprised at a what I'm lot, about to say. Yeah. A lot of buildup for this. So. Um, We're going to go through some classic 49ers games. And uh, we're going to rewatch them and we'll make up some fun categories. It's a completely brand new idea that no Super podcast has done new yet. new idea. Yeah. Exclusive to us. <laughs> watching we, stuff and having categories while we watch it. Yeah, but it, like we, we've talked about going through games from the Jim Harbaugh era. Um, obviously, there are a lot of interesting games from this last season that that are worth revisiting within the context now of you know the 49ers winning the super bowl like we we can have these conversations in the context of what actually happened throughout the season instead of like we were in november debating on whether or not the niners were actually good right <laughs> because, yeah because they right, hadn't exactly. beaten anybody <laughs> and um, it's just fun to it's funny to to go back and just kind of remember certain players or over the course of like a, like a game, there's the big plays that stick out. Right. For example, we're going to do spoiler alert. We're going to do week one of, of 2011 Harbaugh's first game. That was the Ted Ginn two punt return games, two punt returns game, two tutties. There were like other plays that happened in that game. <laughs> there were, and I can remember none of them. I just that so I'm really excited to go back and watch uh, through, especially the early Harbaugh years, through the lens of 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 what we know now. Yeah, so we'll probably do like a a newsy pod or a, or a current discussion pod early in the week when we record on Mondays or Tuesdays, and then the second pod in the week later will be a rewatch. Um, Can we call it the old rush since we're watching old games? That's not a bad idea. That's a great idea. The old rush. Trademark that. Okay. Um, <laughs> nobody take that idea until we uh, file paperwork on it. Um, but yeah, so it, I think that's, I think that'll be fun. It'll give people something to do. If you, uh, maybe what we'll do before we do it, we'll announce which game we're doing. So if you have the time to rewatch that game and then want to, tune in to the pod um maybe we maybe we'll like you know make the announcement which which game we're going to do for the next episode and you guys can watch and sort of follow us along follow along with us that way if that and, if that's something people and you can tweet us your observations yeah that'll be fun that'll be a segment yep i love it 
All right. Well, hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, make sure to download, rate, review, subscribe. Do all that stuff if you haven't yet. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will see you guys next time on Candlestick Chronicles on the Blue Wire Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.